Hallelujah. Well, you're in a good time in the earth. We're in a good time in the earth. Pastor and I found something this week, and I um, read some of it during prayer this morning. But I want to read you a little um, broader excerpt of it before we um, before I go ahead and start in the message for the morning. Um, Pastor and I said, and then it'll explain it when you hear it. But Pastor and I said we were so glad that we were already ministering in this vein in the way that we've been. You know, since um, February, um, Pastor spoke to us the first of the year that um, the Winter Bible Seminar that we had, that it would change the course of this ministry. And it has. Um, if you've just come in, praise the Lord, you can catch up. We've got plenty on the Internet that you can listen to. And the Holy Spirit is um, progressively speaking. So just dive right in. But um, that we would begin to teach and minister on the Kingdom of God. And that we would um, begin to have a better understanding of what the kingdom was. And it came across in that Winter Bible Seminar back in February of this year that we had been looking, if you will, at the trees. We've been seeing little pieces of what was in the kingdom. We've been studying faith for years. We've been studying, you know, prosperity, God's will to heal, um, the peace of God. how you can be righteous, the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And we've been hearing these things for years. But it came across in that Winter Bible Seminar that we had been looking at the trees and we had neglected to see the forest. You know, there's a saying, you can't see the forest for the trees. But then there's also, you can't see the tree. You know, to be able to see the trees, you must see the forest. Okay, so let me, I want to read something to you. I don't know if any, many of you have probably heard of John G. Lake. He was, at the turn of this century, one of the premier voices that the Lord was using to speak and to, to um, minister to the people of God and to tell things to come. And I have an excerpt here from one of his sermons. And um, it's from 1914. Almost a hundred years ago in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania is where he preached this. And I'm going to read you some. If you'll bear with me, I believe that it'll be good for you and that you'll see the benefit, okay? All right. Um, He's talking about the church, how the church has been teaching for years. And he says, The difficulty with most individuals and teachers in times past has been that the revelation in the mind of God as as revealed in the Word was limited to such a degree that they were compelled to take only a certain few of the great principles of the gospel. And thus their entire system was based on them. But in these days, as the coming of the Lord approaches, and as the added light of the Spirit has been given, God has revealed in a larger way, in a broader manner, the truth. So that in these days, it seems to me that the purpose of God, that that the church of the latter day, the Church of Philadelphia, if you like, should be based upon the great broad basis of eternal truth. As laid in the New Testament by the Lord Jesus Christ and the apostles and not on fragmentary principles. Then, beloved, in in that great body of truth, there must be the accompanying largeness and spirit of the Lord Jesus Christ, who didn't confine himself to certain little dogmatic teachings, but he laid the great broad principles upon which the whole great kingdom of heaven rests, and upon 
which the great Christian life can rest eternally. So, the dear Lord in these days is once again moving again on the hearts of men that the body of Jesus Christ shall be brought together in holy oneness, that the power of God may be poured upon her, that the Spirit of the living God may move through her in mighty power and in demonstration, and that through her the last message of this present age may be given to the world, the great kingdom message. Amen. And it seems to me that that we are only beginning to understand with what force the kingdom message is going to come and its revolutionary character. Amen! That was 1914. And John G. Lake was ministering under the Spirit of God and he was saying, it seems to me that in this latter days that there will be a broader understanding of the kingdom. And that, you know, the Bible says that the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world and then shall the end come. Then shall, man, I tell you what, you ought to be excited that you were alive in this day. And I'm telling you what, you ought to be excited too that the Lord has brought you into a church where the message of the kingdom is being preached because it's, there's many that are not. There's many that are following teachings. They're not wrong teachings, but that are still focusing on the fragments. But man, I told my pastor when, um, we, when someone, someone showed us this this week, and we said, oh my, thank you God. Thank you, God, that that you've chosen us to be a part of this. Amen? I thought that was so good that a hundred years ago the Spirit of the Lord was already preparing and already speaking that the foundations of the last day's church would be based on the broader revelation and understanding of the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. All right. Well, last week we preached on and ministered on what spirit, and we talked about that there are two different spirits in operation in the world. And we talked about that the spirit of Antichrist would be one that would seek its own, and that it would want to do its own thing, and that it wouldn't be focused then on the plan of God and the purpose of the cross of Christ, but that, that it would focus on other things. Today we're going to talk about the spirit of truth. I call this the Spirit of Truth, the great governor of the kingdom. The great governor of the kingdom. And you know, that is a um, government word. The governor. He's the one that oversees the whole thing in the place where it is. We're going to dive in here. I believe the Spirit of the Lord has some good things for us this morning. But let's start in John 18, verse 34. I appreciate you for coming today. You guys knew... um, Last week, the pastor wasn't going to be here, and you came anyway. And I tell you what, that shows that you esteem the Word of God. Because you know what? We're not building Anchor Faith Valdosta on Pastor Brian. We're building Anchor Faith Valdosta on the foundation of the Word of the King. And when the Word of the King's being preached, praise the Lord, there's power. Amen. So, hallelujah. All right, verse 34. Jesus answered him, Are you speaking of your, to, for yourself about this? Or did others tell you concerning me? He's talking to Pilate on the day that he would be crucified. Um, and he's saying, Are you speaking for yourself about this? Or did some others tell you concerning me? And Pilate answered, Am I a Jew? Your own nation and the chief priests have delivered you to me. What have you done? Jesus answered, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. 
Then Pilate answered him, Are you a king then? And Jesus answered, You say rightly, I am a king. For this cause I was born, and for this cause I have come into the world, that I shall bear witness of the truth. Everyone who is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, What is truth? You know, people all over the earth are looking for truth. They're looking. Whether they're looking in the... They might be looking for truth in all the wrong places, so to speak. But people are looking. They're searching Pilate that day. He said, you know, Jesus revealed to him, Yep, you said rightly, I am a king. And that wasn't just king in theory. He's the king of the kingdom of heaven. Amen? And he said, And I've come into this earth that I might bear witness of the truth. John 14, 6 says, And Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except for by me. We've ministered this before. Jesus is the door. He's how we get there. We get born again. We ask Jesus to come and be our Lord and be our Savior, and He comes into our life and we step through the door. And according to this, Jesus said that He's the way to the truth. If you've stepped through the door, well then you, oh, you've stepped into truth. You stepped into truth. Now, the thing is though, Jesus isn't on the earth anymore. In John 8.32, Jesus told us if we would abide in His Word though, that we would be His disciples indeed. We should know the truth and the truth would make us free. If we abide in His Word, we'll know the truth. The truth will make us free. Let's turn to John 16, verse 5. John 16, verse 5. And we'll start there. And Jesus is talking to His disciples here in this passage and he's, he's explaining some things to them because they've been with Him for three years and He has been the walking revelation of the truth among um, the people of that day. And But it's coming time. He's about to go and fulfill His purpose. He's about to go to the cross, be crucified, to bring the redemption of mankind. And He's trying to communicate now to His disciples who... Uh, up until yet, are very naturally minded. They are beginning to understand what's going to happen to him, and they don't know what they're going to do because all that they've ever known and seen, they haven't been taught, you know, they haven't gotten the revelation yet of Jesus the Word past and Jesus the Word future. All they've got is the little tunnel vision of Jesus the Word present. And he's here, and Jesus is trying to encourage them and talk to them and tell them and get them ready for what's going to go on. And he said in um, verse 5, But now I go away to him who sent me, and none of you asked me, Where are you going? But because I have said these things to you, sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do, do not go away, the Helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. And when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, and of judgment because the ruler of this world is judge. I have many things still to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when the Spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak of his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine 
and declare it to you. Amen. When the Spirit of truth comes... Verse 7 tells us, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it's to my advantage that you go away. Again, he's trying, he's talking to his disciples and he's talking to us today and he says, you know, it's to your advantage that I'm not still walking here in the earth. Because for if I do not go, the Helper will not come to you, but if I depart, I will send him to you. And the disciples begin to be able to see that, that, that he's not going to stay in the flesh but that he was leaving in the flesh and he was sending his spirit and they would have his spirit and his word to live by it is to our advantage that he's not here because we have the word and the spirit that we live by it's the spirit of truth and it shows us and directs us and it, sh- and, it, and it teaches us in the way that we should live in this great kingdom in this great kingdom Verse 10 said that Jesus showed us while He was here on earth the way to righteousness. But verse, but verse 10 says that the Spirit of God will convict, convict of righteousness because Jesus is going. Because while Jesus was here and while He got walked on the earth, He showed His disciples. Righteousness means the king, doing things the king's way. Being in right standing with the Lord. Operating within the principles and within the law and the government of the kingdom. And Jesus had been walking among them. He had shown them up until then. His whole life displayed a life of righteousness before the king and right standing before him. But the Holy Spirit then was going to come and He was going to convict us of righteousness. He was going to show us the way that we should walk and the way that we should act. The way that we should conduct ourselves. And um, verse 13 and 14 then, However, when the Spirit, when He, the Spirit of truth, has come, He will guide you into all truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak. And He will tell you things to come, and He will glorify Me, because He will take of what is Mine and give it to you. Even the Holy Spirit is not under His own authority. He's under the authority of the King. Do you see how relevant this is? To, to the kingdom message, because God the Father is, is the King. He's the supreme authority. He sent Jesus, who is one with Him, to the earth as the Word, and He has ascended, and Jesus said to Pilate, you say rightly that I am a King. And then He said, I will send the Holy Spirit to come, and He will begin to guide you into all, um, all truth, He is the Spirit of truth. But He's not even going to operate under His own authority. He's not coming to earth to make a new way of doing things. He's coming to earth under submission to the Father, the King of glory, and He is going to come into the earth and He's going to be with you. He's going to reside inside you when you make Jesus the Lord. And He is going to teach you and show you and direct you in the ways of My kingdom in the ways of my kingdom. And He lives on the inside of you if you have made Jesus Lord. The Bible says that the Spirit comes here because Pastor Brian has pointed out to us and we've seen that in Genesis, the Bible said that He made Adam, formed him out of the dust of the earth, and then He breathed into him and we see that Jesus, I mean, excuse me, we see that Adam then became an alive, breathing creature. And we know that there's a difference then between a breathing creature and 
and a live breathing creature because the Lord said that you were once dead in your trespasses and sin. But were you walking around on the earth? You were here. You were on the planet, but you were dead. And so then the Bible called Jesus the second Adam and He said that he, when, when we were born again, then that the Spirit of God, the Spirit of truth enters into you, becomes a part of you, and you again become an alive, breathing creature. Paul said, when I was a child, I walked as a child, I talked like a child, I operated as a child. And, and you know what? The law then was dead. But when it revived... I found myself a sinner. I died. When the law revived, I died, he said. And that means in his spirit. When he began to see and when he began to be able to operate with full will in, in contrary to the righteousness of God, he died. But then the Spirit entered in him when he became born again and he was alive again unto God and able to live and do and operate then in the righteousness of God. The Spirit of Truth, which is again then drawing on what we taught last year, last week, contrary to the Spirit of the world. Because they're going to be drawing you in two different directions. Your, your flesh is always at war against the Spirit. And your mind, we say, casts the deciding vote. That's why Jesus said you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You've got to get into your brain, your mind, your will, and your emotions sided in with the Holy Spirit. Because there are two worlds, two kingdoms, if you will, at operation in the earth. One vying to get you off into fleshly matters and into carnal nature and doing things your way and, and, and opposite of the way of the Lord and the way He... And another one, the Spirit of Truth, who was sent from heaven to guide you in truth. God said, pray that my kingdom would come, my will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's got heaven sewed up. It's all together. It's a government. It operates. It functions. It, and everything there is perfect. Everybody submits and obeys the way of the king. And he has come. Jesus has come into this earth died, rose again, left His Spirit here so that He could colonize and make another kingdom that would mirror His kingdom. Do you see that? The kingdom that we are supposed to be operating in mirrors His in heaven because it is the same kingdom. It is the same kingdom. The high heavens are the Lord, but the, are the Lord's, but the earth He has given to the sons of men. Well, we would make a great mess of things if we had to operate down here just in our own faculties. Pastor taught us when he was teaching in Ephesians that we would not walk in the inutility of the mind. The, the Ephesians says in the futility of the mind, but, but what we saw that that word futility meant inutility, in that there's a function that your mind does and it's not to tap into the Spirit. You can only tap into the Spirit of God through the Spirit of God. Right? Who would know the mind of God except the Spirit of God? But God has given us the Spirit so that we can know the mind of God, so that we can operate in His way, in His government, so that we can get it right and be in right standing. Amen? 
Amen. Hallelujah. It's good. It's good. The Spirit of truth has come. The Spirit of truth has come, and He guides us in all truth. He shows us the way. We've talked about um, over and over that broad then is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. And it would not it is not easily found apart from him. You can't walk the straight and narrow way and the straight and narrow path without having some guide. The Holy Spirit is the guide. He's the one he's the governor. He sets things right. Even our worldly governors we see that they set the parameters for each individual state or territory in earthly government. And that's what the Holy Spirit is here to do. He's here to get, he's here to keep what's a governor if you put a governor on your vehicle is so that maybe you set it to tap out at sixty miles an hour. You um you and you're driving down the interstate and you've got the car floorboarded, well, the governor stops you at sixty. It keep thing it keeps things in line. It keeps things in a tight box. Now, not saying we believe that there's freedom in the Lord. We're, we're not, I'm not saying that the Holy Spirit's here that's going to try to keep us in a box. But again, the most freeing place to be is in the middle of the will of God doing things His way. The, the most um, prosperous place to be is in the middle of the will of God doing things His way. The most um, exhilarating place to be is in the middle of the will of God doing things His way. Is that right? So to be in the box with the Holy Spirit, that's not that bad. That's not that bad. Because, you know, He didn't come, the Spirit of God doesn't come to, to stop us from having pleasure, to stop us from having fun, to make things so that we can't, you know, so that we, well, you know, I, I'm living for the Lord. So, you know, I, I mean, I can't have any enjoyment and I can't have much fun. Because I'm bearing my cross and I just gotta just make it along. No! No, 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 no. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. Amen? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, God's there. God's there and everything and all His fullness is there. Amen? So, you know what? Our job then is to get in line and learn how to submit to and follow Jesus' example, who said, I speak not of my own will, but the will of the Father. To follow the Holy Spirit's example that says, I don't speak under my own authority, but I speak under the authority of Him who sent me. And our job is then to jump in line right behind Jesus and the Holy Spirit and say, you know what? I don't do things on my own will and in my own authority, but I'm following the Spirit of God and He's showing me and leading me in the way of truth. Amen. Hallelujah. And you know, we can see, and you know, we, we ought to test things. Last week we read where the Bible says we ought to test the spirits to see which spirit things are of. So this is where it becomes important then that we're schooling ourselves and that we're knowing what the Word of the King is. That we're knowing what the Word of the King is and the way that He has said to do things. 
Because the Bible says then that the Holy Spirit would bring to our remembrance the things that the Word has taught us. But we have to then know some things before we can obey the things. We have to know the things, we have to know the instruction before we can submit to the instruction. Don't we? Amen. So our job then again is to get in line and obey. Find out the way the kingdom functions and follow that way. And I was saying about, I almost got off, but that we're supposed to test the spirits. So how do we know? You know what? If you know the Word, you know what the Word of the King is and the Holy Spirit inside you is telling you something, well then you can very easily figure out where some um, influence is coming from. In this, if you um, are working a job and your um, boss or your employer comes and, it, and he says, you know what? You've been doing such a good job. I think I'm going to give you a raise. I think I'm going to promote you. I think I'm going to give you a new place. But then you, he says, but the only thing is is that you'll be gone all weekend on Sundays. Then you got to listen on the inside, don't you? you got to find out, uh, where's this? Where is this coming from? Because we said that you can be successful in the wrong assignment. The hardest thing in life, the most, the greatest challenge is knowing what to do. It's very easy to be busy and not effective. Right? And the greatest tragedy in life is not um, death itself, but life without a purpose. We need to know what the purpose is that the Lord has for us and what the purpose that He's called us to is because then we look then and we say we need to judge. We need to judge the Spirit. We need to judge where the thing's coming from and it'll tell us whether we're walking by the Spirit or not by the Spirit because you know what? There, there are certain things that the Word says like forsake not the assembling of yourself together as the manner of some and even so much more as you see the day approaching. And if you're getting something that's prospering you financially, but it's taking you out of the house of the Lord, you need to judge. You need to judge your heart, and you need to make the decision based on what the Holy Spirit says to you. Right? And there are many other things that we can that we can judge and find out between what spirit we are of. If it's carnally minded, only serves the flesh, and it would be a detriment to your spirit, well then... You got to judge, and you got to say, oh, that, "That's the spirit of the Antichrist. I can't do that. I've got to follow the spirit of truth." And then, bless God, the thing is, is that He has come, and that He hits His desire to show you and to teach you. If we we'll lean on Him, if we we'll lean on Him, turn to Romans chapter eight, verse five. Romans chapter eight, verse five. If we are in the kingdom of God, we've got to be in submission to the governor of the kingdom. We've got to follow the rules set forth by the governor of the kingdom. Romans 8, verse 5. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is at enmity against God, for it is not subject to the law of God, nor can it be. The carnal mind cannot be subject to the Word of God. So then, those who are in the flesh cannot please God. But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God dwells within you. 
Now, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he is not his. And if Christ is in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is life because of righteousness. But if the Spirit of him who raised Christ Jesus from the dead is in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the Spirit who lives in you. And therefore, brethren, be we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if the Spirit... If by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many who are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. Amen. As many who are led by the Spirit of God are the, are the sons of God. Behold what man of the love the Father has given up to us that we might be called the sons of God. He gave us the power to become the sons of God. But we have to make the choice whether or not we are going to be led by the Spirit. See, it's a lot more intricate again than what we thought it was. Than coming down to an altar one time in our life and crying out and asking God to forgive us. Oh God, please forgive me. Oh God, please forgive me. Well, great. You've asked for forgiveness. Have you made Him Lord? Is He by the Spirit dwelling in you and are you obeying the Spirit so that, you're, so that you receive life? Because the Bible says here that, that to be carnally minded and to walk against and contrary to the Spirit is death. See, Jesus, see God doesn't look at life and death the way we look at life and death. We look at life as if we're alive and breathing and moving, what science calls alive, I'm alive. And if we're doing real good in our life and have received, you know, some measure of monetary success or, or provision, we think because we can go and we can have fun, we can, you know, go to the lake or go to the river, we can go spend, you know, a weekend here or there with our family, we think, woohoo, I got life. That's not the way God looks at life. There's people living it up right now today at football fields all across this country getting ready for Sunday football. And they're drinking death. And they're consuming things that are harmful to their bodies. But boy, this is the high life. Isn't that what Miller says? Miller Light? The high life. Now, the Bible says there's sin, there's pleasure in sin for a season, but the end thereof is death. To be carnally minded is death, but to be minded like the Spirit is life and peace. Life and peace. So that then, again, if you lose your life for my sake, you'll find it. You'll find it you'll find life in me. But if you walk contrary then to, to the leading of the Spirit, then what do you receive? Death. So we can be going through our life every day, rocking along and everything going great, but we're doing things that only gratify flesh. That, and, we're not, you know, and most of the time it's not some big sinful thing. 
Most of the time, it, it appears like this. Well, you just get up, you go through your day, you do everything that seems good to you, and you don't pay attention at the end of the day. But the Spirit of Truth, the Governor, has come to guide us in the truth. And to guide us in the ways of righteousness because, again, the Bible said, Jesus said, that if I go, He'll convict you of righteousness. I used to not understand that. I thought, well, why would you need to be convicted of righteousness? But it doesn't mean that He's convicting you because you're righteous. It means that He's convicting you and that He's teaching you and showing you, disciplining you in the ways of righteousness. He's showing you how to live. And... Let, let, let's look at this. Let's not be so prideful to think that we could get up and go through our day all day and think that we got it together and we know how to operate. Because every day, and, and back to that, um, back to that um, sermon and word that John G. Lake gave, um, that through the church, the last message of this present age may be given to the world, the great message of the kingdom. And it seems that we're only beginning to understand with what force the kingdom message is going to come. That we're only beginning to understand. You know, we're, we're only beginning to understand. We don't, we, we have not arrived. Is that right? So we can, we can stand to be taught and we can stand to learn more about the ways of the kingdom. We can stand to be taught and we can stand to be guided and we can stand to walk better in the ways of the Lord. Amen? Amen. <clears throat> the, the, whoo, praise the Lord. Haha. <laughs> I knew I should have moved that. Um, but, yeah. We have to make the choice again to be led by the Spirit. And the Spirit of God is what the Amplified Bible calls the umpire of the heart. Any of you have ever played sports, you know what an umpire is. In baseball or softball, the pitcher pitches the ball and the umpire either says, Strike! Or they say, Ball. When you're running the bases, you know, you slide in, woo, got that nice strawberry on your leg, and then the umpire either says, safe, or he says, out. This is what the Holy Spirit does for us. When you're walking through your day, if you'll train yourself to be in tune and to listen to the Holy Spirit, you'll go to do something and the Holy Spirit will say, strike. Don't do that. That's not right. That's not going to bring life to you. You may be going through your day and, and you're going to, you know, it happens in driving the car. I think I'll go this. And, and the Holy Ghost says, out. That's wrong. That's safe. Out, you know. And uh, you say, well, you know, if you, if you train yourself again to be in tune, you go, well, where am I supposed to go then? You'll be in Walmart, in the grocery store, in the bank. And you'll be talking to somebody and the Holy Ghost will say to you, Home run! Talk to them. You need to tell them about my kingdom today. He's the umpire. He calls the shots. He governs. Right? Pastor yesterday, he called me. He said, I'm so excited. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, I'm sitting in the airport in Philadelphia. 
I said, okay, great. He said, I'm so excited. I said, why are you so excited? He said, cause, you know, he left at 4 yesterday morning driving to Jacksonville. And he had gotten there and he said, I mean, he finally woke up, you know, <laughs> about the time he got to Jacksonville. And he said, I prayed, God, I'm going to come in contact with a lot of people today. I would like it if you would show me and tell me how I can advance your kingdom today while I'm traveling. He said he was sitting in a little restaurant and he had eaten um, some something for lunch and, and there was this couple over sitting with a little small child and he began to engage in conversation with them. And um, the lady, uh, they were believers, but you know, she was talking about saying, you know, don't know what the world's coming to. Just just don't know. You know, all the things you see on TV, they're just, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, and she was kind of thinking, you know, if people are not doing things the way of the Lord, and I just don't know what's going to happen, what's going to come to. And, and, and you know, and he, he took the opportunity there. He said he's helped them for over an hour and a half, sharing with them the kingdom, the way the way that the Lord would do things in the last days. And just, man, he said they were pumped up by the time they were there. You know, the people, they were pumped up. He says, I deposit, you know, made a little deposit of the kingdom right there. I don't even know where they were going next. You know, what the Bible says that he has put this kingdom in our hearts. It's not bound by borders. It's not bound by borders. It's in our heart. And we are forming and becoming a part of the kingdom and His way of government here in the earth. More and more and more. So the Holy Ghost will be your umpire. He'll tell you whether the things that you're doing are right, whether they're going to increase the kingdom and what He's called you to, or He'll tell you, uh-uh, leave that alone. Because we're supposed to lay aside every sin and every weight that easily besets us. And sin, you know, if you've got sin, just deal with it and repent. But the weights are the things that can easily beset you because usually there's nothing wrong with them. And that's where you need the Holy Ghost to be the umpire to say, you know what, I I need you not to watch TV tonight. I need you to come away with me. So that I can make a deposit into your spirit, you're going to need this tomorrow. Usually he doesn't say all that, he just says come away with me and then you get to make the choice. And you may just never know what tomorrow what happens that didn't go just right that if you that but if you would have listened to the umpire and come on away that he could have straightened that thing out for you and fought your battle before you got there if we would respond and listen to him. The spirit of truth at operation in the world, Jesus said, I've come to guide you in all truth. I've brought the truth to you. Um let the peace from Christ, rule and act as an umpire continually in your hearts, deciding and settling with finality all questions that arise in your mind in that peaceful state to which as members of Christ's body you were called to live. Let the peace see we operate as much by peace because if you're a child of God, if you've been born again and if you have the Holy Spirit living on the inside of you, to do contrary to Him and to do contrary to His will and what He wants you to do is a very unpeaceful proposition. And we need to learn to settle down and to observe that. To, to observe that. 
on the inside of us because, look, this is the way that we're going to learn to walk in this last day and how we are going to advance the kingdom of God and have this thing preached to all the world and have people on the outside then beginning to take notice and observe they've been with Jesus, that we learn to operate and to flow in the Holy Spirit who is trying to flow out of us. And um, learning to flow with the Holy Spirit then is one of the most powerful things that is, and is as much part of this as anything else that we can learn from the kingdom because he is the third person of the Godhead. He's not a, a it. He's a he. And he lives with us and operates among us. 1 John 4.13 By this we know that we abide in Him and He in us because He has given us of His Spirit. We know that we abide in Him because He has given us of His Spirit. Have confirmation that we've entered into the kingdom because we have the Spirit of God in us. And you know, one more thing. The Spirit of God doesn't just want to live in you and want to um, guide you in the truth and want to show you the way. The Spirit of God wants to be on you. On you. On a daily manner. Because it's one thing to be able to quietly maneuver through the day and submit to Him and do things His way and operate in His way. But it's another thing then to be able to operate in the world then with power and boldness and be able to speak the Word out among people. Some people have kind of a deathly fear of, ooh, if the Holy Ghost did tell you to talk to somebody, you'd just sit there and, and tremble in your shoes. I know I'm supposed to talk to them, but I don't know what to say. You know, I, what if it comes out wrong? I don't know. You know, have you ever dealt with that? I have. <laughs> I have. Acts chapter 1. You know, when you get born again, the Spirit of God comes in you. There's, no, there's not a question about that. There's been a lot of confusion and a lot of people fussing between denominations on whether or not, well, are you, if you're saying, you know, are you saying that I don't have the Holy Ghost? No. What I'm saying is, is that if you're born again, the Holy Spirit lives in you, but He wants to come upon you. He wants to demonstrate His presence. Because it's not just a have and keep to yourself. <laughs> That'd be kind of selfish, wouldn't it? Hey, I got, I got this person that lives with me that tells me everything to do, but you're just going to have to fend for yourself. No, no, we don't want to do that. We want to be lights that shine in the darkness of the world. We want to learn how to take this to other people, right? We want to learn. Amen. All right. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound like a, from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting, and there appeared to them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each one of them. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were with them... Um, dwelling in Jerusalem, Jews, devout men from every nation under heaven. 
And when the sound occurred, the multitude came together, and they were confused because everyone heard them speaking in their own language. They were amazed and marveled and looked at each other and said, um, Are all those who speak not um, Galileans? How is it that we hear them all speaking in our own nation and in our own language with which we were born? Christians and Arabs, this is verse 11, we hear them speaking in our own tongues in the wonderful works of God. So they were amazed. The people were amazed. The Holy Spirit wants to come upon you. And He wants to not only fill you, but He wants to overflow out of you. And He wants to do this. He wants to give you your native language, the language from the kingdom of heaven. I don't have time to go into talking about the differences. These people heard them speaking in their own language. Because you know what? Again, there is no boundary or border to the kingdom of heaven. And God desires that all men under heaven be acclimated and become into the kingdom of heaven. There's a difference between heaven and the kingdom of heaven. Jesus made the difference. Heaven is a place. The kingdom of heaven is a government. Okay? And so here we see the Holy Ghost coming on people, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth coming into people and upon them so that they were able to even speak in the tongues and the languages of unlearned to them, but the language of the people that are there. That's how serious on the day of Pentecost that the Lord was, and He said, you know what? I've come, I've finished my work, I've, I've redeemed mankind, and now I need them to hear about it. He gave those people that day, the disciples in the upper room, when the Spirit came upon Him, He gave them, each one of them, at the language of everyone who was present, so that everyone there then immediately had the chance to come in. And you know, that's what the Spirit of truth will do for you, and that's what the Holy Spirit will do for you if you'll receive Him into your life, and if you'll receive Him on you and ask Him to fill you with His Spirit, He'll give you a word for everybody that you come in contact. Not a word like spooky word, but a thing to say to them. He'll help you preach the kingdom to them. Amen. He will. He'll help you. And the Bible says in chapter 3, even when the disciples, then after that experience, even when they were being threatened and beaten for the, for the gospel of the kingdom's sake and for the sake of the name of Jesus, that they were able to go together, get together, the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke the word with boldness. Amen. So they used to say in the children's church, the Holy Ghost will take the chicken out of you. Amen. We don't have to be afraid to speak this Word. Where the Word of the King is, there's power. Where the Word of the King is, there's power. And the Holy Spirit wants to come and be a part of it with you. Speaking that Word. Telling people about the name of the Lord. And what His power and what His vision and what His purpose is for their life. It's a good purpose. Amen. He's a good God. And He left with us when Jesus ascended unto heaven the very Spirit of truth to guide us and direct us and show us the way. We need to, we, we need to go ahead and take another step. This is another principle of the kingdom of heaven is to be able to follow the governor, the Spirit of truth.
here in the earth. No one knows the mind of God except for the Spirit of God. But He's given Him to us. Pastor, are you saying we can know the mind of God? Yes, I am. I'm saying we can know what He wants. I'm saying we can know His desires. I'm saying we can know His will. I'm saying we can think like He can think. Guys, this is a message that many, many believers across the United States and across the world, they would think, ooh, sound like you saying you're God. I'm not God, but I can be like Him. Amen? If I'm His disciple, then my desire is to become just like the teacher, just like the master, and maybe I've, and, and we've not attained, but bless God, I'm hard after it. Hard after it. So yeah, the Bible says that let this same mind be in you that's in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul said. Over and over and over we see that. So why would why would the Bible say and why would the Holy Spirit direct people to preach over and over and over that we can have his mind and that we can know his will and that we can follow him if we couldn't? No, we can. We can. And I want to challenge you today to begin to hone in your senses, not your fivefold senses that would come in as natural, carnal things, but hone in your sensitivity to the spirit of truth. Because things are about to pick up around here in the teaching, furtherance of the teaching of the kingdom. Things are about to accelerate. And you want to be sensitive to the spirit of truth so as we begin to go that you're, that immediately your umpire can say, yep, yep, that's right. Yep, that's right. Yep, that, you need to take that. You need to incorporate that into your world. You need to do that. You need, and you also need to, we're not perfect. You need him there to say, whoa, 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 whoa. You need to look at that a little bit more. Let's study that a little bit more. Let's get right. Let's get it in line. Let's, let's follow, let's get all the truth we can must, we can get a hold of. Amen? Because don't even just take what we say. The Bible said in Thessalonians that the Bereans were more noble than the Thessalonians in that they searched the Scriptures daily to see if what they were being taught was the truth. And we find over <clears throat> in um, 2 Peter that the Bible says that you don't need that any man teach you. That doesn't mean you don't need a pastor. You need a pastor. The pastor is a gift to you. But that you don't need that a man bear witness with you of the truth. Because the Spirit of truth lives in you and He'll lead you and guide you in all truth. He'll teach you things. Amen? Amen. Let, let's, let, let's get it. Let's get it. Let's get it because this is the next step in learning how to operate in the kingdom of God. It's learning how to be sensitive and know the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. Amen? Praise the Lord. Lord, we worship you and we honor you. We praise you, Lord. Thank you, God, for the spirit of truth. Thank you for helping us to walk in your truth and walk in your ways, Lord. We pray that in the name of Jesus that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, Lord, that we would be able to know more and more and more what is the, this hope that you've called us to. And, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus that the word of God has fell on good ground and good in, in hearts that we would take this, Lord, and we wouldn't let it lie dormant, God, but that we would begin to cultivate 
this next principle of the kingdom that we would be able to operate in obeying your Holy Spirit. We thank you for it now, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen.